Panama City, Florida suffered massive damage from Hurricane Michael in 2018. How is the city now using Opportunity Zones to rebuild? Find out next. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Opportunity Zones podcast, the weekly show where we interview Opportunity Zones professionals and experts from fund managers to tax advisors, from real estate developers to venture capitalists. If it impacts Opportunity Zones or the Opportunity Funds industry, we cover it here on the Opportunity Zones podcast. Welcome to the Opportunity Zones podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Atkinson. My guest today is Mark McQueen, city manager for Panama City, Florida, where he joins us today. Mark, thanks for joining me. Hey, what a delight. Thank you so much, Jimmy. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on the show, Mark. So as I stated in the intro, uh, Hurricane Michael brought severe destruction and tragedy in the Florida panhandle a few years ago, back in 2018. Can you paint us a picture of exactly the amount of destruction that the hurricane caused? And what do you need in order to rebuild your city? Well, thanks, Jimmy. Uh, So uh, back in uh, October of 2018, uh, there was a small tropical disturbance off the Yucatan Peninsula that started on a Sunday, and uh, it generated very quickly into a hurricane. And within three days, uh, it was uh, striking the uh, Gulf Coast of uh, the United States. Uh, Certainly, it hit directly into uh, Bay County and Panama City. Our sister city, just slightly to the east of us, Mexico Beach, was totally decimated. Uh, Tyndall Air Force Base, one of the premier DOD uh, activities that has a primary mission of uh, air defense and air superiority here uh, over the the cap of the United States, was uh, just eliminated. Uh, The the city itself, uh, with its 34,000 residents, uh, was uh, just totally uh, destroyed. We had about uh, 90% of the homes and commercial structures damaged or destroyed. Uh, we had we lost over a million trees in our uh, community, and um, uh, we were at, without power for uh, several weeks uh, post uh, post landfall uh, from that uh, Category Five storm. Uh, it's one of the largest storms that's ever hit the United States, and. Uh, uh, we were, uh, whether it's uh, fortunate or not, uh, we were the uh, point of impact, uh, taking the brunt of that whole uh, uh, storm that came ashore into Bay County. Yeah, you were right there in the thick of it when this hurricane first made landfall on the mainland United States. And the opportunity zones were designated, I guess they were designated in Florida just a few months before the hurricane hit. Uh, and, and fortunately, there are three opportunity zones located in your location of Panama City. And I want to talk about how you're using the Opportunity Zone benefits as a tool to help you rebuild the city. But first, I want to back up for a second, Mark, and get a little bit background on you. You are a former two-star Army general, and you were hired to run the city of Panama City just a couple weeks before the hurricane hit. So um, some interesting timing there. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and, and your background? Well, I I was privileged to serve this nation uh, in the United States Army and uh, did that for 36 years and uh, was uh, reaching the culmination of that time uh, in uniform. Uh, I was going to be retiring in October of 2018. Uh, The city commissioners uh, interviewed me and they uh, asked me a little bit about my background. And one of the things they asked uh, was my military experience, which really, as it turns out, uh, was something that helped us in our recovery. Uh, I was uh, part of the Army Special Operations community where we have the civil affairs 
uh, Corps that is part of that uh, Special Forces uh, and Ranger uh, community. Uh, and what we do is we're trained to go in and rebuild countries, uh, to rebuild nations, their governance, uh, the executive branch, the legislative branch, judicial branch. So have a lot of experience in uh, how to create good governance uh, and humanitarian assistance operations. We also have a specialty in that. So it all emerged from the Marshall Plan coming out of World War II, and that's the small component of the Army that goes in and helps to uh, pick up the pieces, if you will, after uh, conflict or a, a, that takes down a nation or uh, a nation just implodes on itself. So um, that's that was my background and experience, and I was fortunate to uh, begin just a couple weeks before the storm. And uh, uh, I, that fateful day, I, I still didn't even know who all my teammates were that uh, uh, were on the team, uh, but uh, we... Uh, uh, had baptism by fire, and uh, we got in and there and rolled up our sleeves, and uh, uh, it just really was impressive to see the resolve and determination of the city employees, and in particular, the citizens of Panama City that rallied together, neighbors helping neighbors to recover from that fateful occasion. Yeah, quite the fateful occasion. It's not every day a Category 5 hurricane touches down and, and destroys your city the way that it did. Uh, and but fortunately, it does sound like you were pretty well suited to take on this role with your time in the Civil Affairs Corps, as, as you mentioned, help you get that experience you needed to uh, be able to put together a game plan. And now you step into Panama City and you see that there are actually three opportunity zones located in the city. And I'm just taking a look at the map right now of the opportunity zones in Panama City. I, I see the three zones right now, and I see that all three of them features some waterfront property, which is somewhat unique. There aren't a lot of opportunity zones throughout the country that have waterfront, especially in the mainland United States. So I view that as an interesting observation. Uh, how do you view the opportunity zone benefit, Mark, as a tool that you can use to help rebuild Panama City? So we do have three. Uh, the only three opportunity zones that rest within Bay County are within the downtown of Panama City. And as you uh, noted, uh, they all are adjacent to the water. Water is very uh, important to the state of Florida and certainly for this community, Bay County. Uh, we have, uh, we're just uh, have direct access to the Gulf of Mexico. We have the intercoastal waterway and a, a robust bay uh, that is uh, between the intercoastal and uh, the, the, um, uh, the, the Gulf of Mexico. So uh, it, it's really intriguing when you look at it because it is a difference maker. I mean, uh, in helping to attract and 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 show uh, investors uh, and developers that uh, Panama City might be a good space for them to look at. Uh, you know, the the city as we emerged from that Hurricane Michael uh, in tatters, uh, we we as tragic as that was, there was a silver lining in it is that we had an opportunity to reinvent the city. The city is 110 years old at the time and uh, was going in a very, uh, a, a very uh, prescriptive direction like most cities in the, in the nation that don't have an opportunity to reinvent themselves. Um, but we had that opportunity and fundamentally the, we had a citizen driven process that helped 
to drive the new direction for the city of Panama City. And, and through that, we, uh, we did an assessment of what our strengths and our weaknesses were. And certainly, uh, we, uh, as I mentioned a little bit, and you just alluded to, is the strength of the intercoastal waterway. We have the industrial base uh, along the intercoastal waterway with our Port Panama City. We have Eastern Shipbuilding. We have uh, a large uh, uh, paper mill as well. And uh, those, are, those are on the uh, intercoastal uh, waterways. The, additionally, we have the two major regional hospitals within 100 miles, and uh, so our medical capacity is incredibly enormous uh, in this space, and we have all the second, third, and fourth tier medical capacity, not only doctor's offices, but uh, dialysis centers, cancer treatment centers, testing facilities, and the like. Uh, we also have the uh, uh, all the financial institutions uh, in the region are kind of headquartered here. Uh, we have the institutions of higher learning here with uh, Gulf Coast State College. Florida State University has their branch campus here, and uh, Troy University has a campus here. Uh, and then lastly, we have the commercial corridors as we sit as the county seat. Uh, we have a, a preponderance of the commercial corridors, so we think we have what it takes to, to move this city forward, to, to realize its untapped potential. And the opportunity zone is one facet of that. And Mark, before we hit the record button here, you and I were catching up and you identified for me the four lines of effort that you as city manager are focusing on for Panama City. How do you see opportunity zones fitting into helping you execute those four lines of effort? Yeah, thanks, Jimmy. Uh, the uh, you know drawing on some military experience, it was just uh, we needed to have a campaign plan. And what was our strategy? Our strategy is an objective is to become the premier city in the Panhandle of Florida. We're the largest city between Tallahassee and Pensacola, which is within uh, you know 140 miles of uh, stretch of the Panhandle of Florida. And uh, with that, uh, we wanted to in our desire to reinvent the city and take it in a new direction. Uh, we focused on four lines of effort, and those four lines of effort include, number one, our safety and security. That's safety and security for our people, uh, the property, and our environment. Uh, we think that's important. It's essentially it's Maslow's hierarchy of need. If you don't get that right, you really can't move forward on any other things that you do. So we're really focusing on safety and security as the first priority. The second, third, and fourth are all important, but they're all intertwined. And the second line of effort is uh, our infrastructure. Being a 110-year-old city, like most cities in America, we have decaying infrastructure. Water lines, sewer lines, uh, sewer treatment plants, streets, curbs, gutters, those types of things uh, all need to be upgraded and replaced. If you're gonna, we're a first world nation, 21st century, we have technology on our side, we can do better. And so we've got to improve with our, within our technology to set the foundation for future growth. The third line of effort we're focusing on is our economy, uh, making it more resilient and robust. And uh, we've already seen a, a, a massive influx of new businesses coming into the city since the storm. And I think they're capturing the vision of where we're trying to go to be that premier city. And then the fourth line of effort that we're focusing on is quality of life. You know, that's uh, we're a waterfront community. We have marinas, we have parks, uh, leisure services, all those types of things that you normally assume away. But we're also uh, the the epicenter for the arts and the history and the culture for the community. Uh, and so we're really trying to do enrich those places, in, in embolden those spaces of quality of life, which really makes life 
living in a community worthwhile. So all four of those are intertwined like a, uh, strands of a rope. They're all needed and necessary in order for us to achieve what we're striving for to be the premier city in the panhandle of Florida. And the opportunity zones fit squarely in addressing each and every one of those four lines of efforts. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, I think you and I both see eye to eye that there's huge potential for opportunity zones as a P3 arrangement that a city like yours, Panama City, or you know any other city that's similar to yours can really take advantage of. What what, what do you see as being some of the greatest opportunities for potential for opportunity zones as a P3 arrangement? So I think one of the things that's fundamentally different from our three opportunity zones and many of the others across the nation is that we're changing the landscape and the environment uh, that those investors will be coming into. Most of those spaces are uh, uh, are blighted uh, spaces and uh, needed economic revitalization. And so, again, one of the silver linings of the storm is that we have access to re funds that will help us rebuild our city. And so we're pouring literally hundreds of millions of dollars into our city to rebuild it for the future, to put in the infrastructure and the streetscapes. We, as I mentioned, we lost a million trees. We're a, we're a tree city USA. We want to replant our trees so that uh, uh, decades from now, uh, families can enjoy the 100-year-old oak trees that we used to have here in the city of Panama City. Uh, we're looking to really uh, set the conditions for the success of those investors that choose to come to this community. And, and part of that is in, in what we did recently in a, in a public-private partnership arrangement with the St. Joe Corporation uh, at the Panama City Marina, which is really one of the treasures of this community. And talk to me more about that partnership that you have with St. Joe Company. Uh, what specific Opportunity Zone projects are they working on or that are being undertaken elsewhere in Panama City? Can you, can you give us some examples of some of the projects that are underway? Sure. Uh, the the, the St. Joe Corporation is an amazing corporate citizen. We're so blessed to have them uh, headquartered in this area, but they have a far reach throughout the uh, northern part of Florida in particular. Uh, and uh, in that public-private partnership that we developed, we knew that we wanted to make our marina a space a gathering space. We went through a, an incredible uh, visioning process with Dover Coal Partners. It's uh, uh, Victor Dover and his team came in and helped us to reimagine how the city of Panama City could be in the, that public uh, involvement to that whole process with charrettes and town hall meetings and uh, focus group meetings to help envision the future of the city of Panama City. And um, And with that, uh, St. Joe captured that vision. They saw where we were trying to go. And uh, in that public-private partnership that we created, uh, the St. Joe Corporation came forward uh, uh, with an unsolicited proposal saying that they wanted to invest in the Opportunity Zone in the downtown of Panama City. And they're getting ready to put in a $36 million investment. And, and what was unique about that arrangement with the St. Joe Corporation is that they asked for no concessions from the city. They asked for no tax abatement, no uh, financial incentives. Uh, they asked uh, for nothing other than the opportunity to build a, uh, a boutique hotel, a 124-room hotel, uh, which is going to be a, uh, the Indigo Hotel. 
and then also a restaurant. And this is the first step of a number of steps that we'll be embarking on with the St. Joe Corporation here at our Panama City Marina. Uh, it's a, it will become a catalyst for so much more in the downtown Panama City. We've already seen an incredible uh, uh, spurring of activity in the, uh, in the historic downtown. Uh, we have seen uh, actually real estate prices starting to increase, uh, whether it's for uh, purchase of real estate or uh, the rental of uh, uh, commercial spaces. Uh, that rate is starting to increase. So I think what we're seeing is that uh, not only has the citizens embraced this new direction, but investors have too, which is starting to increase uh, demand on the, uh, uh, the real estate that's here in this area. Uh, St. Joe has got an, uh, a, a remarkable and extraordinary uh, standard of high quality in all that they do. Uh, we're very fortunate that George Gonzalez, their CEO, has uh, been personally involved in this process with us. Uh, and through it all, he's also uh, offered to help us with our quality of life in that he is doing profit sharing back to the city as part of this uh, joint venture that we're doing together. Well, that's tremendous. Uh, and, you know, one thing that I found really interesting that you just mentioned was that they didn't ask for anything else from the city other than just the ability to develop that land. They didn't ask for any tax abatement or any other special treatment. The Opportunity Zone benefit in this case was enough for them. And I think that's uh, one of the main draws of this program is that it really can stand on its own sometimes. It could be its, it could be a tool that can attract this type of investment to a community like yours, especially one in need of rebuilding uh, without a whole lot of other bells and whistles. I know that some other locations, um, every location is different, of course, but some of the locations may stack other types of tax abatements or, or TIFs on top um, to make the Opportunity Zone land all that much more enticing. But in your case, at least, the OC benefit was enough for the developer to come in and say, sure, let's, let's get this going. I think that's fantastic. Well, it was the difference maker. Uh, you know, they, they had choices. They could go anywhere. In fact, they're doing many developments across the panhandle of Florida right now and fully engaged in. Uh, but they chose to also invest into this space and a, and a very sizable one. Uh, and it was the, uh, the uh, special attributes of the Opportunity Zone uh, that allows them to and facilitated them to be able to do this investment. You know, Senator Tim Scott from the great state of South Carolina, uh, who helped to uh, co-author the OZ legislation, uh, even came to our groundbreaking ceremony, as, uh, uh, and we were very honored that he would do that. And it was his tireless efforts and his vision, uh, building on uh, uh, Jack Kemp's vision for enterprise zones, he took it a step further, Senator Scott took it a step further by creating these opportunity zones so that private capital could come back in and be reinvested in spaces that needed that economic revitalization. And certainly St. Joe Corporation and George Gonzalez and the team there have, uh, have fully uh, bought into that and are putting their money where their mouth is and are doing it exactly as was uh, envisioned uh, when Senator Scott started that journey of creating opportunity zones. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Senator Tim Scott was instrumental, of course, in getting that legislation packaged into the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017 that ultimately uh, created the Opportunity Zone initiative. So that's really neat that he was down there for your groundbreaking event not very long ago. Are there any other 
Opportunity Zone projects or developments in the works in Panama City? So uh, this is the, the first of any uh, significant size and in investment, but we have a lot of small business investors that are also uh, pouring themselves into our community, into the Opportunity Zone spaces and uh, in the historic downtown, downtown in particular. And uh, so that's, it's, it's really starting to create this momentum and in our mind, hopefully irreversible momentum for economic development, economic success. You know, what we're striving for is to create win-win-win situations. A win for the, the investor and the developer that's uh, choosing to come into this space. A win for the city because we are investing in ourselves as well, uh, improving uh, the, uh, all of the atmospherics that actually reduce the risk for those investors that are, choose to come in here. And then ultimately a win for the citizens of Panama City and those who choose to come and uh, to be tourists in our spaces. So, uh, you know, Senator, it, I think it's a, it's a perfect example of what right looks like, and uh, I couldn't be uh, more excited to see how this will continue to uh, be embellished and built upon as we move forward in the uh, coming years. You know, Senator Scott talks about how hard work and community and business can improve lives and end poverty. This is a perfect example of how that is being manifest here within Panama City. Yeah, I agree. I think your city, Panama City, offers a really good case study for how Opportunity Zones can work to their fullest potential. Uh, well, Mark, it was great talking with you today. Uh, before we go, where can our listeners go to learn more about you and Panama City and St. Joe? Well, certainly we invite uh, all of our citizens and your listeners to come and visit Panama City. And uh, the easiest way to, to get more information about our city is at our website, pcgov. Dot org, pcgov.org, uh, and then, of course, the St. Joe Corporation, uh, they have their website, uh, and uh, they have a special page just dedicated to what they're doing here in Panama City and the Panama City Marina with specifically the Opportunity Zones, and their website is uh, pcmarinahotel.com, pcmarinahotel.com. Jimmy, what a pleasure. It has been a delight to talk with you, and uh, thank you to your listeners uh, for hearing a little bit about Panama City. And uh, we think this is an exciting place for uh, the future. Uh, we will fundamentally reinvent a city as a result of a tragedy, and uh, we're looking for teaming partners that want to come alongside uh, to be a part of this vision and to, uh, to realize the benefits that will be derived from that. Fantastic. Well... Mark, thank you very much. And for our listeners out there today, I will, as always, have show notes available for this episode on the Opportunity Zones database website. You can find those show notes at opportunitydb.com podcast. And there you'll find links to all of the resources that Mark and I discussed on today's show. Mark, it's been awesome. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to speak with me and my listeners today. I appreciate it. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Jimmy. Take care. That's it for our show today. A huge thank you to you, our listener. If you liked this episode, please rate and review us on iTunes. The Opportunity Zones podcast is produced by the Opportunity Database. Visit opportunitydb.com to learn more about Opportunity Zones and Opportunity Zone Fund investing. You can learn how to subscribe to this podcast and read more about today's guest in the show notes by visiting opportunitydb.com slash podcast. And we'll be back soon with another episode.